you're listening to The Chartographers. Hello! Everybody, you are listening to The Chartographers. Uh, it is a music-loving podcast for music-loving people where we take every single album by a particular artist and we rank it worst to best and forget the rest. Because why would you want the rest? There's no reason why you should ever possibly need the rest in any way, shape, form, or context, basically. That's the long and short of it. I'm getting lots of nods from the studio right now. It's great. Uh, guys, listen. Uh, it is the second episode of our second season. It's Ooh. an exciting time. Uh, and as such, uh, we did our season premiere, and thank you everyone who listened. The feedback has been truly, truly astonishing and amazing. Uh, we did Michael Jackson. We broke it up into multiple parts. It was crazy and insane. Uh, and now we are getting into the real meat of it. Like, listen, Michael Jackson is the biggest pop star of all time, but we decided who's even bigger, who has lasted even longer, and oh, we found it. We found it. That's right. We found the accordion-playing clown prince of pop music. That's right. None other than Weird Al Yankovic. His royal weirdness. Daddy Yankee if you're nasty. All right, cool. So, guys, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, he is that guy from Linwood, California, who uh, his parents decided to give him an accordion lesson instead of guitar lessons, and as such, he wound up becoming a Dr. Demento fan favorite and through his wonderful act of pop parody wound up becoming one of the biggest uh comedy stars of all time still has a career to this day as we're recording this in 2017 it's insane it's insane uh and as such we're gonna take his beloved wonderful delightful discography and we are gonna rank it worst to best uh but in order to do that we need to get the right people in place now a lot of you people probably know me i'm evan Sadi. Uh, i'm an editor over at pop matters and also the host of this podcast but normally i'm joined by the wonderful co-creator and co-host taron o'reilly he is not here he is not here he had to go off somewhere and spy hard it was really sad that uh, i wasn't able to actually be here for this but you know what that's i in order to make up for that i decided you know what everything you know is wrong i'm gonna get the best possible replacement I possibly could. So first off, we decided to bring in an old guest and a new guest together. First off, if you remember our wonderful Beck episode back, ironically, uh, also the second episode of our first season, uh, we had an incredible guest there. He is a well-known music video director. He is also a musician and a writer, and he is our dear, dear friend, J.C. Shakoda. He is right here in the studio. Hello, everybody. How you doing, buddy? A.K.A. not Taryn. <laughs> um, Taryn, I love you. Uh, but yeah, no, no, no. JC, it's so good to have you back. It's actually been a while. He's been it's on sabbatical. Be I know. And the thing is that from the fucking onset of this goddamn podcast, aside from the back episode... You have been very adamant about, like, we should do a Weird Al uh, one at some you, point. You know, 14 albums. And you yeah. you mentioned it, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. But then our other guest also is like, oh, my God, you should do a Weird Al episode. Uh, and I'm like, oh, well, this shit's getting real now. Uh, for those who remember uh, Pop Talk on Pop Matters, he was uh, one of the first guests that we ever had on that one as well. But you probably best know him as a writer over at Spectrum Culture, the man, the mystery, the legend, Nathan Stevens is here in studio nathan hello everybody how are you hey. doing i'm really really excited <laughs> to talk about weird al for like forever right that's, that's all i got oh that's, and that's all that you fucking need and here's the thing about it though is the fact that uh weird al like 
it's one of the things where, like, he had some songs, some silly songs and parodies of numbers that you love back in the day. Your parents probably liked a Weird Al song here and there. But at the same time, Weird Al albums did two things that were fascinating and I think generally culturally underappreciated. And this is the start of our fucking defense of Weird Al. So haters to the left, money, money, money. Are there haters? Oh, are there haters? Of I, I mean, you know. There are a lot of Weird Al haters. Yeah. There are a lot. All right, listen. Yeah. Nathan was bullied in high school because of his love of Weird Al and he has persevered. He is now on a podcast. Do you realize that right now? I don't know anyone who's ever done that before. It's pretty good. Oh, I'm a martyr they for must the be cause. <laughs> so, uh, but the other thing too, also he tells the host of NAQ, Nathan Asks Questions. It's a good podcast. Check it out. Uh, the other thing uh, is that Weird Al albums is great because, like, oftentimes you're not going to listen to, you know, especially if you're a young white suburban kid, you, uh, Coolio may not be your jam. But then again, you might there might be a George Harrison song that you've missed. Or maybe, for whatever reason, you never got into Rico Suave. Who knows what it is? But when you listen to a Weird Al album, he, because he's doing comedy versions of these songs, you're suddenly kind of being brought in into this world of, like, genres that you wouldn't normally experience. And because it's the through line of comedy, it's kind of fantastic because, like, you're suddenly being exposed to a lot more stuff than you normally would. You're listening to like genres and styles outside of your own usual comfort zone. And on top of that, there's the cultural element too, where Weird Al, uh, because uh, everything he does is very timely of the era, current polka medleys of pop songs and just pop songs in general, guess the fuck what? He uh, winds up kind of doing this perfect time capsule of what the era was about Absolutely. and what he ridicules. But that being said, I love Weird Al so much. I interviewed him. I'm going to brag about it a lot. This is a happier minisode. But here's the thing about <laughs> It, though is that he's also put out some dingers there's been some lesser numbers here and that is why we are here right now we are going to rank weird al's entire discography from worst to best now you might be wondering what is weird al's entire discography and i'm more than happy to tell you it is 14 albums and we're gonna blaze through it really quick guys are you ready 1983 self-titled real yankovic 1984 in 3d 1985 dare to be stupid 1986 polka party 1988 even worse 1989 uhf the original motion picture soundtrack and other stuff 1992's off the deep end 1993's alapalooza 1996's bad hair day 1999's running with scissors 2003's poodle hats straight out of linwood from 2006 Alpocalypse from 2011, and of course, Mandatory Fun 2014, which also was the first time that he has ever topped the album's chart and became the first comedy album to top the Billboard charts in over 50 years. That's amazing. That's pretty unbelievable. He mentally had a fuck of a viral rollout campaign for that, but you know, we're gonna get into that there. Uh, now, in terms of qualifiers, it's pretty straight through in terms of uh, stuff to include. The only real misnomer that you could possibly toss in there is his 1988 recording of Peter and the Wolf. Uh, it is a great, fantastic narrative thing. I love it profoundly. Wendy Carlos, right? Yeah! Uh, but the thing is that, like, it's also not an album, technically, not in the way that we're categorizing. It's more of a spoken word thing. Like, we're talking about albums musically, not necessarily in terms of, like, storytelling, song, right? And that's what the entirety of the Peter and the Wolf thing is. I don't think any Weird Al fan would really count that. In terms of, like, in, the in official the, discography. In the discography. Right. That's yeah. that's the other thing. The other thing you could possibly do is UHF the soundtrack. There might be people, because there's a lot of skits and a lot of other things from the movie, you could technically argue it's exclusion. I think we should include it. I think it's at least worth talking about, because UHF is a pivotal point of his career. Absolutely. Yeah, Nate... <laughs> Nathan, you gotta come in with the contributions, man. You're here. You're in the moment. You're ready. Um, uh, so that is. Oh, I have a proposal from uh, JC. I am going to make a proposal oh, since there are 14 records. Yes. So it's a lot to talk about. Yes. That we get the bottom three out of the way. 
I mean, okay. we're, we'll talk what, about them what, a little a little bit, certainly, but I'm, okay. I'm well, more than willing to talk about them a little through, bit. Exactly. Okay, well, like, you know, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to start this thing. And also, JC, I mean, by the way, I'm, no one in the video podcast uh, can see this because we don't have a video podcast, but uh, JC has literally an eight-page document that he has typed about all of his <laughs> thoughts about each and every single album. Like, I, I, I feel underprepared now. <laughs> I, I didn't realize there would be, like, a quiz at the end of this. Exactly, like, yeah, turn in your blue books to your TA and... And then you know, put on a mustache and wig. It's all good. But no, no. Uh, it, well, not, I, not now that Evans embarrassed me. Yes, I am. Um, I will gladly <laughs> embarrass anyone um, who enters the studio. Is there an accordion section to this test? Uh, yeah. Don't you know how to play, dude? Come on, let's do it. For forty-eight point. Uh, anyway, uh, so but we're gonna go into how many it. Keys are on an accordion. But let's. Shh. I don't know the answer. <laughs> 20, 20 hundredth, seventh. Uh, uh, I need more alcohol. Yes, we do. So, welcome to the Chartographers, guys. Great podcast. Listen to us. Stitcher, Playlist FM, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google. All right, so, uh, self-promotion. Not really weird, I was thinking, but kind of. All right, so, uh, listen, JC, you've been a guest on the podcast before. Yes. You've been wonderful. I'm okay with blazing through some of our lesser picks. And so, as such, for the record, because we're ranking 14 albums, I'm a little bit, like, you know, fungible on some of this. Like, I don't have sure. to be, like hardcore like i'm gonna fight for this because honestly when we did research week for this my opinions changed more than a couple times uh, it, it mm. me as well yeah. um because it's also 14 albums there's a lot to get through i but you've been on this podcast before yes and i've been on this podcast before yes but nathan hasn't been on the podcast before <laughs> so nathan going. you get a very special and distinctive honor uh 14 albums we're gonna rank them worst to best so let's start with the bottom nathan what do you nominate as the worst weird album well i, I want to start with the fact that no matter what like there are a couple of albums that i really don't overall enjoy from weird Al. there's always at least one song on it like on any of these albums right. that sure. makes me laugh yes and i think that's a really big testament to him but i think i think scraping the bottom of the barrel is polka party from 1986 i just don't See, outside, I think Christmas at Ground Zero and the title track, Pokal Party, are both great. Um, but I think the rest of it just doesn't make me laugh as much. And uh, it's also sort of the cultural touchstone of that period, the late 80s. I don't know if it works as well as some of the stuff he did in the 90s. Now, I'm very biased because I was born in the in the mid-90s, so I'm very biased towards that. The Pokal Party's in my bottom three as well. Yeah. And I, I and I disagree for the record uh, on that okay. on that you, you notion. I like this album. Well, here's and I was I was didn't, wasn't really thinking about it because I can kind of also appreciate a little bit of the musicality to it because for those who aren't in the know, Weird Al albums are not straight ahead song parodies. For those who uh, know it, it's always a mixture of original material and you know uh, parody songs. It's usually one you know one offs. Every other track is one or the other. I have spilled some liquor on myself, so we're off to a great oh. start. But. Uh, the other thing, though, is that, uh, like, legitimately, there's a lot of musicality. And you can hear him as a composer get more and more confident as time goes on. So I always appreciate at least some of the musicality of it. It's usually that musicality isn't at the sake of comedy. Like, he will always, like, for example, I'm just going to throw a thing off of one of my favorites, not to spoil too much. I'm just tossing it out there without a ranking number. Uh, Colin and Sick off 
off of Bad Hair Day, this yes. wonderful, mm. glorious parody of what uh, kind of, you know, stylized, dramatic grunge rock a little bit kind of was in the era. Alternative Nation. Yeah, like, it was kind of fantastic. Even Albuquerque is, you know, kind of this, you know, fun little groove that he writes there, and then he gets way off the track on some fucking opulent endings to his later albums, like crazy. For Genius in France, I'm thinking off a of poodle hat. We'll get there. Uh, but yeah, and as such, for me, Polka Party is one of the things, going back to it, the Dog Eat Dog, his Talking Heads riff, I think is actually, uh, it's held up a lot better than I thought it would. And also... Yeah, dog Eat Dog's okay. Yeah, also, fucking, here's Johnny. All right, listen here. Yeah. Who the fuck remembers DeBarge? lost me. No one remembers you, DeBarge. I, I and I brought up song. the original song, Who's Johnny? Because we all remember El DeBarge, Rhythm of the Night, obviously from uh, the fucking movie that was the Motown guys thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Uh, oh, Barge, oh. Rhythm of the Night. That's where it premiered. That's where that's from. Yeah. Oh, I didn't Anywho, know but that. that was Eldebarge. No, that was DeBarge. And now here's Eldebarge. His, it's okay. I'll, I'll explain it to you later when you're older. Uh, but um, <laughs> but DeBarge. And so, like, and here, and Who's Johnny is this shitty ass fucking, like, novelty song from way, way back in the day. Uh, and the thing is that, like, he actually, the production on his version, Polka Party, is a little bit better than that one there. So I can at least appreciate that. I kind of like it, uh, Addicted to Spuds. But you're right. The back end of that, Christmas at Ground Zero is pretty good. Uh, yeah, by the way, interrupt Christmas, me. By the way, Christmas please. at Ground Zero is uh, yeah great. Toothless uh, t- People t- t- is me, one of the worst songs. To me, the ever key done. song is "Living with a Hernia." Uh-huh. Now, as I've gotten older, unfortunately, I can relate to "Living with a Hernia." <laughs> old man, <laughs> much old, more old than man I could when, here. I was, when I was ten. Telling you war stories, but were you in the Bowling Green Massacre? I keep forgetting. Continue. I don't know what that is. All right. Okay. Political reference for all you 2017 junkies out there. Right. The thing was, I remember watching the video for "Living with a Hernia." I had the I had a DVD of all of the all of Weird Al's videos. Yeah. And I had no idea what the hell that one was about. I did not understand it. I didn't get it when I was a kid. And you know, I'm 20 something now. 20 X now. 20 X now. Yeah. 20 XX. So I understand it now, but. To me, if that's your single, then okay, you're so I get that. I get that. I get that inclination it's, it's to push single. towards that. I would say that like doggy dog addicted to the spot. Like there's there's some worthwhile things on here. Good enough mm-hmm. for now. This kind of like lazy good old country now is good. Like exactly, and we're talking about like good moments and some lesser moments. My nadir, my absolute nadir, and I'm not gonna fight too hard for Polka Party. I'm saying you right now, but how can you get any worse than Poodle Hat? I'm sorry. I think Poodle Hat. I the fucking worst. hate Poodle Hat. Aww, Here's the thing. I like Poodle uh, Hat. <laughs> the thing about Poodle Hat is 2003 guys. 2003. He parodies style parodies three artists. Yeah. Maybe more, but the ones that I'm thinking of are Beck, yeah. Bob Dylan, and Frank Zappa. Yeah. Now Bob Dylan, Frank Zappa, and Beck are already kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, right. if your parody is not as funny as the original artist. Yeah. Then you're in big trouble. Right. And that's, and that's th- kind of how I feel about Poodlehead. Right. Well, Poodlehead, again, like, this is one where he opened and there was the controversy with Eminem when he wouldn't allow him to do a Lose Yourself parody to uh, the song Couch Potato about flipping on TV. But, like, even then, like, his Nelly parody, Trash Day, yeah, uh, not, his Avril Lavigne parody, good. a complicated song, Why I Have to Go and Get Myself I, Decapitated. Oh, to a superhero. That's, right. That's another one. It, it sort of seems like he's just capitalizing on something popular. Yeah. As opposed to capitalizing on something popular and making it seem organic yeah, and even you know and honestly I mean? and again when you talk about that bob dylan parody bob where it's just palindromes it's like okay i mean like, that's kind of kind of clever but ish not. yeah i know but then and then honestly ode to a superhero like he listen for those who don't know he has a lot of songs where he just basically recites the entire plot lines of movies <laughs> at times 
incredibly effectively. When he does it for Spider-Man, uh, Sling Us a Web, You're the Spider-Man, you know, to Piano Man. Mm. Eh. Oh, I the, think the it works. I love oh that my song. God. Defend uh, it. Defend it, Stevens. I, I think the fact that he was able to work in Kiss Upside Down in the Rain, like, well into a line without making it sound too long, just, like, would make that song on its own. Um, but I, I mean, also I grew up listening to a lot of Billy Joel through my dad and then hearing that for the first time, just someone just making fun of it. And then also making fun of at the time, like I was seven or eight, I guess, when the first Spider-Man movie came out, like uh-huh. thinking about all that together, just blew Vindicated! my mind. Yeah, yeah. I still love it. I respect that. Yeah. Um, okay. And I, okay. Well, that, go ahead. That brings up another issue of sort of how, when you discovered Weird Al, mm-hmm, sort sure. of colors maybe how you feel about the albums a little bit. Right. It, and I understand that, but also, like, we're the chartographers. All of us have done research week going into it. Listening to it with 2017 ears is interesting because we are all, Nathan, JC, and I, we are all music nerds of a various type. Uh, and as such, we at least have a good basis for a lot of, like, listening to these things now. Uh, there's parts that, you know, like, even on some of the song parodies, I'm like, oh, that's Miss You Much by Janet Jackson. You know, like, there's stuff that I didn't necessarily get, and it's all the funnier because of it. Uh, but that being said, I will still say some of it is a little bit dated. Genius in France, at the end of Poodle Hat, is his long, crazy-haired Zappa doohickey uh, thing. Really like I don't France. love it. I really don't. like. I wanted music, to. Musically, I get where he's going. And it is a total homage to Zappa. It's incredibly respectful. Uh, Dweezil Zappa actually plays guitar on it. But, like... Uh, and that's why, and that's the whole thing. Poodle Hat, which won one of his four uh, Grammys for best comedy album. Poodle Hat is somewhat ironic. Yeah, I don't remember Party at the Leper Colony. Angry, uh, <laughs> yeah. want, but the back parody "Wanna Be Your uh, Wanna Be Your Lover" is one of my favorite all-time songs. Easy, really? And, oh, easy, easy. Oh, see, I don't, I don't, I didn't like any of the, oh, I love any that. Of the, the style uh, parodies. I'd also I, put I guess, out. I'm a huge fan of eBay and Angry White Boy Polka is one of my favorite polka okay. parodies he has. So. Angry White Boy Polka is great because when it comes to his polkas, and we'll get into this with some okay. of the other albums, uh, is the fact me, that... Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's actually pretty good because uh, some. Of the, I would argue this, that his best songs take whatever the original material is, whatever, and completely flip to the context. Some yeah. of his lesser parodies are kind of like they play, like uh, complicated, the Avril Lavigne one, a complicated song. It doesn't okay. do much with it. It's just a, it's just a song of like unrelated things. It's not sure. really cohesive. But Angry White by Polka, it's just a series of songs of like, you know, Cut My Life Into Peace Throughout My Last Resort by Papa Roach, you know, and other like angry songs. I'm gonna well, get free well, by that's the my mice. problem with it is, is, is he's covering, or he's... He has like dis- bands like Disturbed, right, right, and Stained, but it's they're so in great. a fucking polka. They're in a po- I, and it's they're, it's I, kind of like acknowledging them, but also robbing them of that power. And like instead of like oh, I, angry, I'm angsty, yeah. whatever kind of things. Like it's, I get what you're saying. I think yeah. if you were like, it's one of those things that a lot of people my age always went through, like a Lincoln Park phase, where you're really moody <laughs> and all you listen to is like in the end and hybrid theory and all that <laughs> stuff. And the way to break that curse is to just force them to listen to Angry White Boy Polka, and you realize how ridiculous <laughs> How it uncool it feels, right? Yes, it's uh, amazing. And I, think, and I think that's an intentional play, which is great. Um, but honestly, like, for me, listen, I'm I'm not going to fight too hard for Polka Party. I'm really not. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I will still say Poodlehead is worse than Polka Party. That I, I just listen. We're gonna be out voting each other a lot. It's fourteen. It's fourteen albums, and we're twenty minutes into the fucking podcast. So um, I will say my votes for Poodle Hat. I, I, I say Poodle I got a second to go okay. there. Okay. Right, no, so I, it, I, I get you. Like yeah. I, I get you guys on this. It's just like I think for me, Poodle Hat definitely has a lot of like filler in it. It's just those 
moments on it. Angry White by Polka, eBay, and O2 Superhero are just like, oh my god, it's so great. But I get where you're coming from, so I'm fine okay. with that. I, w- I would be happy with either of them going at the yeah. bottom. Okay. Those are well, probably the bottom two. Yeah. Well, since I created the podcast, uh, I'm going to say uh, Poodle Hat <laughs> goes at the bottom. But I listen, if you guys outvote on this one, I'm just going to go ahead and say Polka Party's number 13 on the list. How does that sound? That sounds fine to me. True. Cool. All right. Fantastic. Well, in that case, that's good. We just had a very substantial discussion. We're down to number 12, JC Shakota. Uh, Alapalooza. Alapalooza, 1993. Uh, the lead single off that was Jurassic Park, a take on great. MacArthur's Park. You know, again, movie recreation song. And then, of course, there was the infamous uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, riff, uh, Bedrock Anthem, which, per the uh, VH1 behind the music on Weird Al, Flea didn't yeah. think uh, changing the chorus to Yabba Dabba Yabba Dabba Yabba Dabba. Didn't think it was so clever. He, but didn't, I think he, it did, he did not think it was clever at all. <laughs> um, I, you know. I think it, it could have been a three song single. Yeah, there's a lot of filler on this record for me. Like, I love Jurassic Park, and I really do think the Red Hot Chili Peppers parody is, like, spot on. But, like, I don't know, Traffic Jam and Achy Breaky Songs, stuff like that, it just... Traffic Jam's pretty ick. I don't don't like Achy Breaky... Achy Breaky Songs is nice because a lot of people fucking forget that when that fucking Billy Ray Cyrus album came out, it topped the billboard charts really for 18 consecutive weeks 18 consecutive weeks okay i can forgive it now like i understand now right exactly like so there's that frank's 2000 inch tv his rem riff is pitch perfect but right i kind of like talk soup i don't know it's what he's kind of doing with that it's talk soup and waffle king are kind of like peter gabriel riffs a little bit sort of kind of but i can dig waffle king for sure but like yeah yeah i i just just like i'm saying it feels like this one has a couple of pretty excellent singles and then similar to polka party it feels like the rest of it's just kind of filler of like meh to not great songs yeah but bohemian polka was extremely disappointing to me why I just didn't think it was that good. <laughs> I mean, again, this is another thing. I was of, expecting a lot out of it because, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody is one of the greatest singles ever. Yeah. Um, songs, you know, rock songs ever. And Yeah, really, yeah, really, you really got to set people up for the Queen. I don't know if people understand that, you know, there was, there was a band at a time called Queen that were very popular. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was, uh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I get that. You know, here's my controversial statement. Like, again, some of these things I'm not going to fight very hard for. I get it. But you know what, guys? I got. I got to be honest here. I was very excited about because I heard this album before. But when I was doing research week, man, you know what didn't connect with me at all? Controversially, in three D. Oh no! Really? In three D? Yeah. Oh. In three D. I mean, because if you're because if you're defending in three D, you're defending Midnight Star and you're defending you don't like Midnight Star and Mr. Popeil. There's like a lot of the originals on here. Midnight Star is like weirdo culture at its at its finest. You know, the 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 tabloid world news. Yeah. Check out Connor. Uh, but there's just I feel like I mean I feel like there's a lot of ideas on N3D I just don't know how much they do because the other thing his debut album Weird Al Yankovic from 1983 there's like it, 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 so much of his accordion based and then as he got more of a budget he was able to recreate the pop songs in full so there's a little bit of kind of like a like a roughshod charm to the debut album but it's also him very much still finding his true parody voice on that album too it's kind of like a punk comedy album almost it's very low yeah. fi and like it's no budget it's great <laughs> in a very mm-hmm. weird we're talking about the, the first weird yeah the first one the very yeah. oh i love the first album yeah like the well because the checks in the mail is bleh. 
I, I like checks in the mail. Oh my god, we're gonna have a debate, guys. Get ready. <laughs> um, got to, a boogie. To me that, I like got a boogie too. Oh it's, it's just, dude. The first Weird Al album is in my top five. All right. And the and the reason is because it's his weirdest album. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. sound like any of his other '80s albums. Um, it also gets there, fucking there, dark. Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung, I, by the way. I love that song. Like, there I is love a... it. You, you hear just the, the, the creaking of his uh, uh, the accordion. Iron lung. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, really? there, there, like, he never got that dark again, but there was a couple There's a couple moments on there. Just like, oh my God. It, to me, it's almost like a like a private press record. Yeah. I no. mean, it, there's some. There's just something special about it. I, you know, it's, it's one of the ones that I listen to personally um, to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, I own it on vinyl. Just shut I swear, the fuck I swear, up. I'm not a hipster. Oh my Which kind of sounds like a Weird Al song, actually. <laughs> I swear, I'm not a next record you wait for. I it. swear, I'm not a hipster. <laughs> um, so that being said, I mean, I just threw this out there. Uh, who would nominate something there for our number twelve spot? Hmm. Uh, Nathan. I I I hate to say this. I actually have the OG Weird Al kind of low on my list. And it's partially because of that weirdness. Uh, like, I didn't, for me, I didn't grow up with that weirdness and rediscovering it. It's kind of fun and it's really punk, but it's like, I don't find it as funny, which is for kind the record, of like. Pull a quote from the chartographers Weird Al's really punk. I just want to put that out there. Yes. Uh, but legit, though, like, because also such a groovy guy, that means, like. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of dark humor on the album. There's even some political humor, which he didn't really. Right, no, he never really got into politics much well, after, like, in a Until much, much later in his career. And even then, it's. Ish. And well, even then, it's like. Pretty... Yeah, what party in the CIA, like, kind of touches on Canadian stuff. Idiot. But, yeah, exactly. Although yeah. I will say on the debut album, Buckingham Blues is fantastic. That is a perfect amalgam of taking modern, like, you know, kind of like, you know, American blues standards, but talking about the fucking white, you know, royal family there in this completely different context. Oh yeah! Like it's actually an amusing contrast. Like it's good, but yeah. That's so, be, that being said, so I'm not nominating. Al- oh, you're not nominating. Okay. No, no, no. Exactly. So, wait, uh, wait, say, wait, no we're on number twelve, than, right? Right, we're on number twelve. Oh, yeah. Alapalooza, then definitely. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was not much of a debate there. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's I, I really he put he puts a lot of the best songs up front on that one. Yeah, you, she never told me she was a mime. You don't need to ever hear again. Not, I assure you. I didn't even remember that was that a song. One, exactly. Her, so. so, all right. In that case, that's not bad. it in. Again, this is not a not a heavy losses here in this case. Number twelve, blazing through it. Number eleven. Uh, at number eleven, at this point, uh, I although I want to put in three D, just kind of on the burner there, just in people's minds, just as an what, FYI. What about UHF? I was about to say that too. Okay. So UH, yeah. Uh, okay, good. Wow, we agreed on something. How about that? That'll never happen again. Uh, but the one thing is that UHF, uh, the movie is a joyous, ridiculous romp. Uh, it, a lot of people enjoy it for just being a, a great. You know, the whole idea at the time is like, hey, he's such so good at song parodies. What if he did movie parodies in a movie? Uh, which and the thing is that Al does a fine job. Uh, it's a it's an amusing, great movie. Uh, it's a lot of people call it a great stoner flick. Uh, there's a lot of people that yeah. call it, uh, you know, just a yeah, no matter how you go and go ahead and quantify it, it's it's a fun, goofy little thing and help launch uh, Michael Richards' career uh, before he became a racist, which Great. is fantastic. <laughs> Great performance uh, by yeah. uh, Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, oh, Kevin McCarthy fucking brings it in that. That's love that. As RJ. But as such, um, UHF, literally the title, the full title of the album is Original Motion Picture Soundtrack and Other Stuff. And it's that other stuff that really gets you. Like, he has an instrumental for the Stanley Spadowski show, Fun Zone. Uh, he's got, uh, he's, you know, he's got uh, this random piece of shit called Attack of the Radioactive Hamsters from a Planet Near Mars, which is just, that, if you want to talk about a filler song on a comedy album, 
That's a filler song. Al sci-fi songs never have really done it no, for me. Except no, unless you consider Jurassic Park sci-fi. I mean, uh, uh, anywho, I, I still I, like UHF. I just, yeah, I the, kind of agree with you. It's a little half-baked. Yeah, uh, I, I was really afraid when I put it down so low. I was gonna be like, oh, this is like, you know, I've heard from classic. so many people like that they love the movie so much, and I didn't know if that would translate to like oh we also love the soundtrack but i'm glad we agree on this i think it there's a not a lot of great stuff there depending on the day i could like but i mainly just hate aisle thing gotta get oh, like it's the aisle thing yeah. uh, also <laughs> she drives sucks. like crazy just like come on uh, i was i kind of like that one yeah exactly and uh biggest ball of twine in minnesota is a cult classic in it the is. circle but his money for nothing beverly hillbillies is still excellent fucking fucking fantastic in fact when he uh recorded that uh, apparently he asked for permission because Weird Al is still to this day a night guy uh, copyright law protects him to, to doing a parody he can do any parody he wants but he's a nice guy he always asks the artist is it okay if I can parody your song Prince always turned him down his songs were too sacred to him but most artists were usually pretty cool with it and as such uh, he asked uh, he asked the Dire Straits like hey can I do uh, Money for Nothing Chicks for free uh, and he said uh, okay but I gotta play guitar on it <laughs> Yeah, Mark yeah. Okay, so that. and Mark and Mark Knopfler uh, fucking played guitar. And I on think that. the keyboard player from Dire, Dire Straits plays on the song too. Entirely possible. Yeah, uh, it's also a great moment in the I movie. I like the Hot Rocks polka. Yeah, it's actually, a, it, yeah, that's probably one of the better takeaways from it. And honestly, UHF the song, it's not funny. But it's an enjoyable melody. Like it's just it's like, like a you good know, power pop. Song. Yeah, and the video is fun. It's yeah, exactly. It's fun. It's fine. It's good. Whatever. But we're just going ahead and relegating it to number eleven. Okay, guys, now down, now down to the top ten. Uh, what do we have left? We have self-titled 1983, in 3D, 84, Dare to be Stupid, 85, Even Worse, 88, Off the Deep End, 92, Bad Hair Day, 96, Running with Scissors, 99, Straight Outta Linwood, 2006, Apocalypse, 2011, and Mandatory Fun, 2014. Woo! Alright, guys. What do we got? I felt like I nominated something last time. You nominated in 3D, but that's insane, so... Uh, <laughs> Alright, well, okay, Mr. Snarzy Smazzy Pants, what do you... What you got? He's still consulting his eight pages of notes, by the way. He's going to be publishing his dissertation on this later in the New England Journal of Medicine, I mean, I, don't know, worry. I came prepared. He came... Um, <laughs> go ahead. Are we... Oh. Yeah, I'm I, looking I at you, you buddy. Um, well, I mean, it has th- three great parodies on it. It has Eat It. Raya the Kaiser, and I, I lost on Jeopardy. I'm talking about in 3D. Oh, this is the one you wanted? No, no, I don't want to put Oh, there. okay. I, oh, I thought I we were, were, yeah. we were going to talk about in 3D. Oh, the one I want to put there? Yeah. Off the deep end. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I, no, I knew no, that no, was no. going to happen. Um, <laughs> oh, there's no, no, too many good songs on there. <laughs> I think it's his most overrated album. I here's the thing. So again, a Weird Al as cultural commentator that came out at a time when, uh, for the record, uh, Off the Deep End is the best-selling comedy album of 1992. That's a fact you learn from the VH1 behind the music. But more importantly, uh, this the opening single of that was "Smells Like Nirvana," which was a parody of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." He called up Victoria Jackson, his friend at Saturday Night Live, who and Nirvana was a guest, and he's like, "Hey, uh, is it okay if I parody your song?" And Kurt Cobain's like, uh, "You gonna do it about food?" Uh, and he says, "No, I'm gonna do it. How about no one can understand your lyrics?" Uh, <laughs> And and he got the approval of it there. And really, Dave Grohl later told Weird Al in an interview that they didn't really realize they were that big until Weird Al did a parody of their song. <laughs> That's how they knew but they the, really made it. But the thing is, when you talk about the grunge era... Um, it is actually like it needed that poke in the ribs because grunge mm-hmm. is an incredibly self-serious genre. It is a very emotional thing, and I think yes. Al's best work is great at kind of deflating the balloon of a self-serious pomposity uh, in pop music that sometimes can exist. Go ahead. I guess my criticism of it then is that the rest of the record is not really about the grunge era. It's about the era before that. 
what I like to call the American Psycho era, like 1987 (laughs) through like 1991, which to me is like the worst period for pop music. Well, that's like in the modern era, at least. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> uh, but the thing is about Off the Deep End is that, uh, like, the, the Beach Boys parody Trigger Happy in 2017 is fucking terrifying. Uh, but, like, but I, but yeah, I think I'm looking at... The originals at, are great. Yeah, actually. the originals that, are actually pretty solid. That's my only... When I was your age, just whatever. Actually, Airline Amy. I'm actually not a fan of the originals. Never mind. But, really? uh, you don't but, love me anymore? Oh, that's fucking great! No, yeah, that that's incredible. Fantastic. Exactly, but then, but then you see, I think the pl- the uh, riff of Millie Vanilli, the plumbing song, is actually, I think that is well done. I genuinely do. That one makes me want to kill myself. Oh my god, we have so many disagreements here. <laughs> yeah, uh, Taco Grande. You've got. Uh, uh, I can't watch this. You got the MC Hammer one, which is fine. I think it was more amusing at the time, but I think it's just gone on. Again, some of these songs, by their nature, are just going to date themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I just think a lot of the parodies are a little weak. You know, here's here's the idea. I like the white stuff, but but Taco Grande, the plumbing song, I can't watch this. Eh. All right, you know. They haven't done that. Much uh, for... Nathan, what's your thoughts? I I I, I definitely enjoy Off the Deep End quite a lot. We were talking uh-huh. before the um, we started recording. This was one of the first three Weird Al records I heard. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of nostalgic content for me for it. Um, but I, I would also say there are like one or two albums I could say that I would be like, no, nah, these need to be like below off the deep end and, um, uh, like, uh, like Alpocalypse and I'm sorry, dare to be stupid. I think need to be beneath off the deep Ooh. end. All right. Ooh, oh, let's see what's going on. I, I knew on. this was going to happen. I know. Well, listen, there's going to be outvoting. Stuff is going to happen along the way. Uh, let's briefly talk about 2001's Alpocalypse, which came after a long period of uh, silence after Straight Outta Lin when 2006 produced his second ever top 10 hit. Uh, Alpocalypse came out, uh, and of course it had the Lady Gaga uh, you know, mess that was uh, performed this way. It came sure. out there. He initially asked for permission. They didn't give it to her. Then eventually they found out she never actually heard it. She loved it, the idea. Uh, but yeah, there was that. There's a Taylor Swift parody on there. There's a Party in the CIA, the party, the parody of Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus shouldn't work, and yet I still laugh at it. Uh, I still enjoy that one. Yeah, I like that one. It, uh, this Cra- truly is... Craigslist. Craigslist. Craigslist is one of my absolutely favorite Do- Weird Al songs. The Doors <laughs> the, the parody. parody. Yeah, which the actually style featured uh, Rayman Zarek. Yeah! On keyboards. Which I thought was actually kind of fun. Uh, it's one. Of, I, 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 I feel like this is one of the rare times where... I also feel like because he got more and more opulent and more and more out there with his original compositions, trying to be a little bit more ambitious, like, stop wording that crap to me. The closing song is supposed to be this large kind of, like, choir, like, inspirational song that they had in the late 90s pop radio kind of thing. Sure. Uh, I would say the parodies here are better than the originals by a large margin. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, but as such, the only problem I have, like, ringtone is literally a pointless song. I don't know why that's there. I yeah, really... it, it should have been more about identity than being <laughs> cheap i know but uh and skipper dan's fine in my humble opinion yeah exactly i think i I don't like skipper dan that much that's yeah not my jam I know, but yeah, Alpocalypse I think is a fine album. But because the because the parody songs are so strong, I think that kind of like elevates or at least kind of keeps it off bay. Okay. Uh, day, uh, uh, listen, I, we will talk about Dare to Be Stupid. It's not going anywhere near the bottom. But let's oh. just hear. Let's just hear why how why uh, Nathan hates it so much. I, it's, I like that you like forward that like with like oh it's fine. Let's see how like why he thinks it's like an idiotic I, I, album. You could change my mind. You won't. But I want to see if you do. I I just uh, I again maybe this isn't 
an era thing. And but that's like, totally okay. I yeah. love hearing a different perspective that is not me or JC's. It's just like the sort of, the same way you're talking about sort of, I love the phrase you use, the American psycho era of pop music. Yeah. I also have like a very weird mixed opinion of a lot of 1980s pop music. And that's just because I was raised in the era after that. So I right. got my parents listening to that a lot. And I'm like, what is this crap? I don't like it. Outside of like Prince and Michael Jackson. I just thought there was a lot of stuff there that I didn't really enjoy. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like Dare to be Stupid overall does not hit the highs. I think Like a Surgeon is one of his best parodies. I love that song to death. Um, and I think Yoda's pretty funny. I think the title track's pretty solid. Uh, but no, girls... I would, yeah, but literally the title track is so solid, it was one of the rare times he's ever released an original song as a single. Yeah. Uh, but when you riff off Devo that good, you fucking have to. Like, yeah, that's exactly. just plain and simple. Uh, but yeah, I just think there are a couple of, like, songs, like, especially Girls Just Want to Have Lunch. I do not dig that song at all. I think that's a pretty, it feels a little bit, like, too easy. And a little bit lazy, kind of on yeah, the nose with it. I just, it, I agree. It's pretty same, stupid. Same with Slime Creatures from Outer Space. Again, going yeah. back to his terrible <laughs> his, run of space songs. His sci-fi songs. His sci-fi yeah. stuff does not work. Um, but yeah, I think, I think in general, for Dare to Be Stupid, there are some really great highlights. But I think there's just like not of not as much of that weird like, oh, this is awesome. This is so off kilter sort of spark. Uh, and to go back to girls just want to have lunch. It feels a little lazy to me. But that's just me, my opinion. You know, also don't don't be like this is just me. That's that's an opinion. You need to stand by it. Relooking at it right now, though, I mean, I'm just kind of looking at it. You might be a little bit more on the mark than I than I thought. Well, I don't think we should put it this low. It's one of my favorite weird al album weird. Can I just say weird albums? Yeah, that's fine. Weird I said that's I didn't have the intro. That's oh, fine. did you? Oh, okay. I don't give a shit. Um, I, I agree with Nathan that girls just want to have lunch is like pretty stupid. And so is I Want a New Duck. Mm-hmm. Duck Solo yeah. uh, being the exception. That's pretty hilarious. But, but the album is called Dare to be Stupid. I guess I guess my hesitancy to uh, put it that low is it's it's kind of classic Al. Define. Class, classic Al is, is early MTV era Weird Al. But I feel like he's always done a better job like before of parodying things that are stupid like dare to be stupid is a great concept because it is the mtv era but at the same time he's like he's True. not stupid while he's parodying it but no I feel no no like that he is very apt oh, of i course. feel like he slips into that a little bit during dare to be stupid i like one more minute a lot and uh, this yeah. is the life i think those are two good kind of genre yeah, but again, and, and also just talking about like the 80s in general like again this is this is fine this is still i would say like the darkness of his debut uh he's kind of like you know skipped a little bit and i feel like he's while we're in 3d he very much starts getting closer and closer to finding his comedic voice mm-hmm. uh like i think now it's to the point where like he's getting experimenting a little bit more with genre he's getting a little bit more impressive with his instrumentals and things but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I thought it was going to be a lot higher than I thought, but now that I'm looking, and the, and the first half of Dare to Be Stupid is actually pretty solid. Uh, honestly, in general, I mean, save I want a new duck. I still kind of kind of like it, but uh, yeah, that back half. It's just that back half because cable TV does not hold up. It no. really, yeah, it's it's pretty. Dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think he should have. Well, if I'm going to criticize the sequencing, I think he should have switched Yoda with the the polkas. Yeah, I agree the with polka that. Polka usually ends the first half of a weird album. Yeah, but and, uh, Yoda would have been a better closer. I, I you, you do you think it's worse than Apocalypse though? I like Apocalypse, but 
Let's put it this way. If we put Dare to be Stupid at 10 and Apocalypse at 9, I'm I don't think... Listen, Dare to be Stupid, I, I think I agree. That back half is just not strong. I understand the nostalgia back to it, but, like, legitimately, though. Um... Only because, like, listen, again, because a lot of people get into Weird Al when you're really, really young, and the fact that he's been able to withstand the Lonely Island and all whatever, like, you know, sure. Stan Freeberg and all the other different comedy greats of different genres and eras, uh, we all, there's much more of an emotional connection to this than you would think about this. Because a lot of other artists, like, you're getting to the Beatles, you're learning about music and pop songs and stuff like that. But with this, you're learning about comedy. And that's its own, because this helped shape the comic backbones of so many things, and comic comedy more than music is a worldview. Uh, there's a lot more that I think goes into that a little bit. So as such, I, there's a lot more of an emotional connection. And I say, if we put Dare to be Stupid at 10, I understand that, or, or you know, uh, Alpocalypse. But at the same time, look at what we're up against, buddy. Look at all of these other great <laughs> albums that we have. Sure. I, I would put those at 9 and 10, and I, I'd be fine with either of those in either order, personally. I just think, well, Al's 80... 80s albums i mean his 80s albums are basically like ramon's albums uh-huh. they're all like the same record yeah you, you know what <laughs> i mean no that's a fair point that's a fair point <laughs> he sort of he, he remakes the record until again even again. worse i think it, even worse is a clear break and you can start to see the seeds of that in dare to be stupid just because that original material but, was getting so fucking good at that point i guess i think if he made like the same record like four or five times uh-huh. for me personally i would take dare to be stupid over the rest of those all right, you know what? But, let's, you know what? If, if you want to put it that low, how about the, just to shut up the baby over here? Let's go ahead. Let's put uh, Alpocalypse. And I, I don't have any like intent, major strong feelings about it. Sure. I, I let's go ahead. Let's put Alpocalypse at number ten. But we do have to start cutting away at the eighty stuff. I would say okay. Dare to Be Stupid has to go after okay. that. Now there we go. Now that so puts be it. it. Yeah, so just to recap, number uh, number 14, Poodle Hat. Number 13, Polka Party. Number 12, Alapalooza. Number 11, UHF. Number 10, Alpocalypse. And number 9, Dare to be Stupid. Number 8. Guys, we're in the top 8. We're already there. Um, n- yeah, exactly. So now, whew, take a deep breath. Nathan Stevens. Now, you already nominated off the deep end. There's that. Well, I, I, I defended off the deep oh, end. Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I nominated you, you nominated off, off the, the deep end, end on there. <sighs> Okay, so at this point, though, here's, in my mind, in Evan's crazy mind, it's off the deep end, and then we have to look at the debut and in 3D. Like, that's kind of like the next items on my list. That's just what I'm thinking. I know JC is, of course... What about mandatory fun? No. No, 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 no. No, here's the thing about mandatory fun. I think, actually, mandatory fun continues the vein of Alpocalypse to a degree where I would argue... The original songs on Mandatory Fun are some of the less inspired original songs that he's done in some time. Lame Claim to Fame is fine. Mission Statement kind of sucks a lot. <laughs> it really does. This whole corporate like folk song type you, thing is there. Have you ever just, worked yeah. in market, marketing for more than like two years? Because well, I, I mean, feel that song. I okay. feel that song in my soul. I, I kind of like. Oh my god! Kind of like mission statement. Um, yeah, I, I know you hate Jackson Park Express, right? Evan? It's just again, this is, it goes back to the genius in France thing of just opulent and just kind of like kind of funny. It's just kind of like you know, it's like more about the story than it is. It's kind of like dancing around the auspices of funny. It's a very long song, it but is then again, so song. was that bus ride. Mm-hmm. I, I do agree, though. It's basically Alpocalypse. I just feel like he does everything so much better. 
on Mandatory Fun than he did on Alpocalypse. It's like the same format, but I think he picks better songs to parody and he does yes. a better job with them. Yes. And the because original on, okay, but yeah. real quick, fucking yeah. handy. The opening song when he takes yeah. fun of uh, makes fun of uh, Iggy Azalea's fancy. Yeah. Uh, the, the the what makes a Weird Al parody so good isn't the lyrics or how he transposes the song. It's also just the cadences that he gets so perfectly that he copies from the original artist. You know, he talks about the shaman, you know, from uh, Michael Jackson. And, and he goes, screw that, screw that, and glue that, glue that. Yeah. You know, like, this very much taking her white girl affected rap accent and then just applying it towards this song as well. Glorious. It is fantastic. Or just the way he gets kind of angry and screamy during his grammar correcting word crimes, the parody of uh, uh, well, word that's a lines. Classic. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fantastic, too. Like, it's, I love foil. Yeah. I mean, it's again, a little short, but I. I just think it's yeah the just parody, yeah the parody of uh, Royals by uh, yeah, yeah Lord uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah I would say that almost on a on a song for song comparison basis all the all the parodies on uh, Mandatory Fun are better than Apocalypse yeah for sure yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that I would only say that the original songs for the most part are just uh, wait th- I don't even remember my own eyes I really don't I really that's the oh fighters one uh, right uh, yeah. yeah. That's whatever. That's Sports song fine. is fun. I like that. whatever. Uh, uh, I, no, I, I, Tacky is like a. a I, well, I know he has a song called Mission Statement in there, but it's like Weird Al's like entire like idea put up into a song, and I love it, especially because yeah. it's making fun of Pharrell. So it's, it's yeah, just which is good. a plus all around, which yes. is fantastic. Um, so yeah, I mean, hmm, I don't know. I'm kind of a little bit on there. I kind of, I kind of. What's your, what, what are you nominating, Evan? I honestly, and I yeah, listen, you're gonna hate me, and I don't give a shit, JC. Uh, <laughs> I would say In 3D is next on the chopping block, but when we talked about the, the albums that we've all talked about so far, that and Mandatory Fun and Off the Deep End, I think we're kind of in this area now. I think this okay. is the area of albums that we're exploring. That's just what I think. I can I'm dig cool with that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, well, I mean, if you're gonna, if Go. you're gonna hate on the classic period. Uh huh. Then I, I mean, I was ready to trash it in 3D. Oh really? Oh wait, what? Oh. Yeah, yeah. What? No, I, I think it's you mother. You've been, I thought you were defending no, it. No, well, I'm defending it for being that low. Like I still think it should be wall. high, but I thought you guys were gonna secret. have it. I thought you guys were gonna have secret. it. Near the he was top. keeping from me the whole time, that uh, motherfucker. I I think the middle part of uh, in 3D is a little a little weak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than Jeopardy, and I lost the, on Jeopardy is still the, the polka is is also one of his best polkas in my yeah. opinion. And but Mr. And Mr. Con- Popeil, listen, I will take a B52s parody any day of the week because I am a fucking giant B52s fan. <laughs> it's a little, yeah. a little dated, right? Got, exactly. what, okay, what are your opinions on King of Suede? I like it. I'm just like, like oh, I, I love that. I love that song. Yeah, so much. Yeah, Nature Trail of Hell though. I just like he he either lands the fucking closing song or he biffs it entirely mm-hmm. like it's one of the two albuquerque off running with scissors that is a fucking way to close an album absolutely uh fucking uh uh bohemian polka we debated that a little bit already on there nature trail to hell i know again it's kind of like biggest ball of twine in minnesota it's like it heralded as a classic in some cult circles of owl fandom but it was yeah. kind of the last time he was satirical for many years yeah if you like really look at the track list like up until i mean we're talking like straight out of Linwood, where yeah. he was actually like, where he wasn't just parodying or, or satirizing an artist, right. where he was satirizing a trend, which was like the slasher 
film yeah genre. something yeah. something beyond like the... just like parodying an artist you're like going into movies or television or whatever yeah, just when he gets into this might like kind of like the kind of these minor key chord progression things like there where it gets a little bit more dour and a little bit more black keys on the piano kind of thing it's like yeah i don't know i'm not ever a fan of those so uh, here's my crazy wild weird idea it's weird it's appropriate eight seven six in 3d mandatory fun off the deep end uh i would i would be fine with in 3d off the deep end and i would love to have mandatory fun a little bit higher than that i'd love that record but i i can agree with in 3d and off the deep end being our next two for sure jc jc has thought again this is an emotional conversation i mean you know he's a <laughs> look into your heart hero. yeah so um I would have it like the exact opposite. I'd have mandatory or off the deep end, mandatory fun, and then in three D. So I guess. All right. So uh, it, you know, you here's know, here's our compromise that we're gonna do. I guess it's your podcast. You're damn it, right. So. And listen, I think what well, the thing is that the fact that we can all mainly, mostly, roughly agree on this. Let's throw off the deep end at number eight. Mm-hmm. Let's throw. What the fuck? Let's throw in three D at number seven, and let's throw mandatory fun at six i'm okay with that let's no. just do let's do that uh, it's, uh i could live with it yeah again it, it, that's the thing uh it's all about compromising your beliefs until you get to where you need to be you know sure. it's just one one of those <laughs> standard political. things exactly i know i'm exactly. pretty happy with that top five yeah so, so let's let's actually take a look back at it then uh so right now number 14 uh poodle hat number thank god number 13 polka party <laughs> number 12 alapalooza number 11 uhf number 10 alpocalypse number nine dare to be stupid number eight off the deep end number seven in 3d number six mandatory fun so that leaves the debut album from 83, Even Worse from 88, Bad Hair Day from 96, Running With Scissors from 99, and Straight Outta Linwood from 2006. Oh, yeah. This is... It's interesting. No, this is, this is uh, very interesting. I have an idea of where things should go. Okay. But uh, listen, well, first off, A... Uh, fucking Chakota over here. He talked about how the debut album was in his uh, top five favorite albums. Yes. Ta- yeah. So w- is it in your top five or is it? Like, it is in my top five. Because five? Uh, think look at what we're up against. You might think I'm way. crazy, but I had it at number two. You yeah, are crazy. I think you're crazy. <laughs> I think that. <laughs> Listen, I mean, he like, he's entirely, an originalist. Entirely he's an originalist. personal, personal reasons. All right. Um, is, again, we I both, we like both talk about our personal reasons on this guy. You know, thing. yeah. It has more accordion than any other Weird Al. He has, has a point. That, I, I'm aware uh, of that. That's not necessarily a demerit or a positive towards it. It is just a fact about the album. <laughs> um, I mean, I love. I That's love, what I said. There, it's a point. I, I love Ricky and Rocky Road. Oh, uh, listen, Ricky uh, is an amazing. Uh, for, for the record, Ricky is an amazing parody. That is that is astonishing what he did to Tony Basil. Like it is pitch perfect. I mean, maybe a lot of it is tied to the tied to the music videos. Yeah, which is sort of another discussion we should. That's for the mini so. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's for the mini so. Okay. For me, the next two on the chopping block are Weird Al and even worse, the last two '80s ones we have for sure. Even I would nominate even worse. At okay, now five. even okay, but here's the thing. So even worse, I was giving a listen to that today. That he did a lot of great shit on that fucking out. Now even worse, a lot of people probably know it as the Michael Jackson bad parody, which is of course fat 
Ding dong, baby. Ding dong. <laughs> uh, also, when you're talking about music videos, holy shit, fat. Oh, yeah. Uh, and listen. It's one of his best. Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White is basically uh, the 80s version of 1999's My Baby's in Love with Eddie Vedder, the second song of the album that I don't give a shit about. <laughs> but um, I will say that, like, he covers so much on this thing. Uh, Alimony, his cover of uh, his riff on Moni Moni, that is, like... Pitch Perfect Al taking this raucous rock song and making about you know paying and making payments to your you know ex-wife, which, which is it, like brilliant in and of itself, oh like an God. undercutting of like the machoism of mm-hmm. like the original rock and roll. It's right, great. exactly. No, 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 and that is like and that's what elevates it to a level of just beyond the usual, and that's why that one still holds out there. Uh, the stalkery uh, late '80s AM jam Melanie, I still Mel- Melanie's a great yeah. original. I, I think that one ended up on his. Uh, essential i believe so i believe so you're you're not mistaken i really like i think i'm a clone now just because of how ambitiously stupid it is well the tiffany original is fucking garbage the thing about i think i'm a clone now it's 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 very meta um because that song it's it's a cover of the original i think i'm alone now by tommy james yeah so i think he's almost commenting on that record it's a a sci-fi song that finally works because it's meta (laughs) (laughs) even even worse is it's a remarkably consistent album. Yeah. I think of his '80s records. It's, it might be the most consistent. I I I I might agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I like, because I feel like it's just like, especially when you come off of Dare to Be Stupid and whatever the uh, debut stuff was. I really genuinely feel like it was it was him fully coming into that voice uh, of, of a song of parodies. Because really, the albums that we're talking about after this are, for the most part, pretty goddamn good. Uh, there's a yeah. lot going on on what these top five albums here. But yeah, even worse, I, I have a lot of strong feeling about Lasagna, uh, the parody of La Bamba. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Velvet yeah. Elvis. Eh, <laughs> you know, like, exactly. Uh, but also, the George Harrison riff, this song is just six words long. That is comedy right there because yeah. listen a lot of people don't remember that George Harrison's solo career was a weird fucking thing oh, yeah. uh, and also because that song was played everywhere and annoying as hell it was a number one hit yeah it was and uh, I thought that parody just riffing on it for being insanely repetitious you gotta have lyrics whole bunch of rhyming lyrics uh, listen it's very good yeah. um, I, I just think the other ones are better all right, so here's the thing. So, Nathan, I think we're we're talking again about Weird Al, mm-hmm. even worse, Bad Hair Day, Running Scissors, Straight Out Linwood. I I honestly like. I guess I kind of knew this was gonna be at the top five. I'm still kind of surprised by it. The ordering is gonna be important. And listen, JC Shakota. I know that. Don't don't. He just gave me a look. Did you see that look? <laughs> I saw. Well, it. I knew it was coming. There I was know exactly. So listen here. I know Weird Al, the Drink. debut is your is your absolute favorite. Uh, well, second my, favorite my second of all favorite. time. Whatever. And listen, as we're in the top five right now. You said it's going to be your top five. I am. I'm here, happy. Here is what we will do. I will. I think Nathan and I might be able to give you a gift of a final compromise. We could put even worse at number five, and Weird Al self-titled at number four. If you guys really want to do that, I would be ecstatic. If you didn't want to do that and you wanted to flip them, I would. I'd flip be- them. I would begrudgingly allow that to happen. All right, like, I'm uh, kind of surprised that it ended up in the top. We're gonna five. go with the begrudge then. All right, fine. I gotta take whatever inches we can get on here. I Number will. five. I will. Self-titled. And again, self-titled. Again, he was finding his voice. It kind of, it, I love that it kind of gets that basement recordings. Including... That's like the Doctor Demento era. Yeah. Yeah. Sort no, of no exactly. Out, I feel know? like that's like early hits and other yeah, songs. That's, like that's basically what it comes. That's down important to. in terms of his. And even worse, career. I still think is a solid album all the way through. My only question, though, is that because it's running right like outside of a weak opening, 
Running with Scissors is pretty solid. For the most part. There is a good hit ratio in his 1999 album, where he kind of uh, ripped on stuff a little bit. Well, here, here's the thing. I mean, I, I was a huge fan of Bad Hair Day. Yeah. So when Running with Scissors came out, I was... All about. I pre-ordered that album. I pre-ordered that album from fucking wow. CD store. Me too. Here's the thing, though. When I was a kid, I didn't really like it that much, oh. and I didn't think I was going to like it now. But, but during research week, I I think it's one of his best records. Oh, walk uh, walk us so, in. Now, here's the thing. Again, first off, my baby's in love with Eddie Vedder. Fuck that song. Sorry, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, the Zydeco is, hey, sound is fun, it's, but it's, 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 it's it seems ambitiously like it been on stupid, a... but it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I admire how stupid it is. It's great. Oh, my God. Yeah. And again, like, I understand he can be deliberately stupid that time. But here's the thing. Uh, like, his, his, I wouldn't even say it's funny. His uh, germaphobe Nine Inch Nails parody germs is on point. It yes. is fantastically on point. Truck driving song, whatever. But here's the thing. Ignore Grapefruit Diet, which is a parody of Zoot Suit Riot. Which he wasn't going to course... go two albums without talking about food. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a very good point. But man, when we talk about original Al compositions, I cannot even begin to t- mention how perfect your horoscope for today is. Yes! The uh, ska yes. riff that is your horoscope for today is one of the finest originals you ever did. That also made it onto the essential Weird Al. Uh, and that is just fantastic. Fantastic. Since we're at the top three, I'll go ahead and spoil it. Running no, with no, no, scissors no, 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 is no, 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 not no. what I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't want to hear. I don't want. I, I don't, don't spoil too much. Don't spoil too much. Go it's ahead. It's somewhere in there. Uh, okay. But it does. It has my two favorite Weird Al songs, which are your horoscope for today and Albuquerque. Um, I'm with you on this Albuquerque. Is a, this is another one. This is one of the first three records I had of Weird Al that were given to me by my stepbrother. Um, and your horoscope for today still consistently makes me just bust out laughing. Um, yeah. It's the, all your friends are laughing behind your back, and then it's just that little horn riff, and then yeah. it just killed them. And then yeah. it just goes back but to this it, happy ska song. And also, like, again, a lot of people forget that because he's writing these songs to so many different genres, his ability to work with chord structure and alliteration is pretty good. Uh, like, there's that one part on the breakdown of your horoscope today. It's all based on scientific documented evidence. Like, he has this wonderful, like, you know, series of A sounds that are just, like, just it's glorious together. But at the same time, like, there are some weaker moments on here I would mm-hmm. throw out there. Uh, again, you know, Truck Driving Song, Grapefruit Die. Albuquerque, though, is his 13-minute closer that he rarely performs live. It is an absurd story song that takes you on an epic uh, journey. Are you... Are you? Is that a takedown? No, no, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, good, not, good. We're I'm all good. It's not, <laughs> not Albuquerque one bit. Uh, also, with the Weird Al Show theme, is just great. The Weird Al Show, horribly underrated uh, to I'm this like, day. I'm Look, like, it's Bobby the Inquisitive. I'd like to mention all about the Pentiums. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's all, dated all, now, still well, great. <laughs> I think that's the point, though. I think the point is that it's dated. I think he's making a mockery of, of rap culture. Mm-hmm. And sort of the the materialistic um, sort of elements of, of you know Puff Daddy. You may not be wrong. Yeah. I know I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the JC Chicago story. I know I'm not wrong. Uh, <laughs> That's a great autobiography title. <laughs> You're just riding on my tombstone. <laughs> well, uh, that's what the whole point of the song is. It's, yeah. he, he's he's ripping on, you know, rap materialism. Also, okay, it, I, it, and I think that's a great point. That's fantastic. But the one thing, and literally every time I think about this album, I forget that it's on there. It's so stupid that it works, even though it is stupid. 
pretty fly for a rabbi. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm totally with you. All <laughs> like, right, again, good. Like, ripping off the, uh, pretty, fly, yeah, pretty Fly for a White Guy, the offspring launched into fucking mainstream fame or whatever with that song. And it's an obvious riff. Again, sometimes, some of Al's songs are just obvious, like A Surgeon. You know, even, like, the story about Like A Surgeon is that he, apparently Madonna's walking down the street with a friend in New York and out loud wondered, when is Weird Al ever going to do Like A Surgeon? And word made it back to Weird Al. I was like, well, that's not a bad idea. I think I will do that. Uh, <laughs> that and, so, and so this one, like, Pretty Fly for a Rabbi, like, oh, come on. But, it's like fearless. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, he, he does just not pull went with punches. it. He, did, he just went with it and of course the saga begins for going back and using the old Don McLean classic number and retelling the episode one uh, plot line on that thing right there it weirdly works in its own stupid way because again you're taking the uh, sentimental remembrances of Don McLean of this lost you know music diet Americana innocence whatever thing and throwing it to a fucking Star Wars story it works my only gripe is it's about episode one I am aware of that but at the time I think it makes it almost better because of how much controversy (laughs) was around like the prequels and right like, yeah i i get what you're saying i i, I had a my best friend in high school he for our choir high school end of high school pop show did american pie because he wanted to make the audience cry and be that sappy motherfucker and oh i kept God. like texting him words from the saga begins <laughs> to try to mess him up so he would sing it instead of that just close he almost messed up and started singing about she'll probably marry him one day instead of like whatever the don mclean lyric is during that That's it amazing. almost worked that's and well, the other great thing, though, is that, again, going back to Al exposing a lot of people to things, that's not a current song. That's not The Offspring. That's not fucking Bare Naked Ladies. It's none of this other stuff that was around in 1999. Uh, so for him to, for all the hype that there was, and if you were there in 1999, there was a fuck ton of hype for that fucking movie. Yes, there was. Uh, Al did a pretty amazing job of introducing an older song into it, which you could argue he also did with uh, Ode to a Superman off Poodle Hat, but fuck mm-hmm. that album. Uh, so, as previously uh, I, mentioned. As previously mentioned, fuck that album album uh so that's being said straight up uh running with scissors is good i think it's a it's a very solid album i think it has staying power but listen my thing is that i would argue between you two without spoiling too much i think running with scissors has to go at number three uh i don't know about that but i'd like oh! I'd, I'd tell you what you're saying what you're saying like what's the middle ground here is there okay, a middle no, ground here uh there's not but here's the thing so here's the question nathan and by the way defend your points i know you, you guys have already outvoted me a few times i understand that my question to you nathan stevens special guest nathan stevens spectrum culture naq uh what would you nominate at number three these are all pretty these are like all pretty much perfect comedy albums for what they are like they're they're, all of these have like a like one or two songs that are like not as funny i get that running with scissors i think is the least perfect out of all of them that's my okay well i disagree i think it might be straight out of linwood at number Uh, three i'm with you nathan what (laughs) yeah what yeah so straight out of linwood came out in 2006 Yes. It opened with his parody of Child Millionaire's Raiden with the song White and Nerdy. Which is I believe, one it, of I believe it's Chameleonaire. Finest. <laughs> finest <laughs> moments, truly. Uh, fantastic there. Although, wait. Anyway, say, say what you're going to say, Nathan. No, I, again, these are... Linwood was my sort of rediscovery of Weird Al, like in terms of discovering the him on my era. own with my yeah. friends outside of just being given albums by my stepbrother because White and Nerdy was so big at the right. time and like and deservedly find, so yes. yeah all suey is hilarious confessions part three still makes me laugh like it's another one of those songs that like yeah, no matter how many usher. times i listen to it it makes me laugh 
Uh, well, again, that goes back to, again, the, the taking out the self-seriousness of what Usher's confessional R&B sex pop was at the time yeah. and making it about <laughs> ridiculous things. Yes, uh, you know, I, I even like Do I Creep You Out. Uh, the American Idol Taylor Hicks song? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. I think. Okay, I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think Don't Download This Song still holds up just because the content, like just in terms of like torrenting has become like so much more than we thought it would be in 2006 like right and, like, and the thing okay okay so here's my here's my two things about this album okay. uh i don't like Canadian in it a but b uh pancreas listen oh. i know i know the dude loves brian wilson i know he loves brian wilson that is not a comedy song that is a studio experiment that is yeah. to see me weird al as producer because he did take over production duties i want to say either on this album mm-hmm. or running with scissors i can't remember uh but like him as producer that's all that. that song is it's all it is I, I guess you're right but i still really like it Whatever. it's just an interesting i don't know it's fine. If, if you're going to do a parody song fine. by Brian Wilson, then it might as well be about a pancreas. It's, <laughs> it's fine. That is a but, sentence. Yeah. And the thing is, outside outside of Canadian Idiot, I would say, though, that Con- Confessions Part 3, his fucking cake riff, uh, Close But No Cigar, yes. is fantastic. And if you know anything about the band Cake, that is like as about on point as you could possibly get. But also, when, here's the thing. We're talking about uh, Running With Sisters. We're talking about uh, Straight Outta Linwood. These are albums that, like, you know, their original songs are really, really good. But I would argue White and Nerdy is better than, outside of your horoscope for today, is almost better than anything off Running With Scissors. And you think, like, okay, maybe that's enough to elevate the album. But no. Trapped in the drive-thru. His riff of R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet. A ten, another 10-minute ten epic. That one there, for the all of the... He did, the, again, parodying to the exact inverse. He weird-owled it, uh, where he takes the opulent stupidity of the over-the-top ridiculous soap opera that was trapped in the closet and reduces it down to a mundane arguing with your wife about going out to the drive-thru across three chapters. It is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. That, that one hits a little too close to home for me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, hits, it hits this emotional point. No. No, I love that song. Yeah, um, that's hilarious, and the video is great too. I yeah. the only thing I'd say though is if we're going, you know, ten minute plus epic to ten minute plus epic, I prefer Albuquerque. I mean, yeah, I and get I think that. the funniest song on Straight Outta Linwood is White and Nerdy, but I still think your horoscope for the day is funnier than that one. So that would be my argument. Like, <sighs> I, I think Running with Scissors is more consistent, and the highlights are a little bit better than Linwood. Again. Top three. These are all really hilarious, amazing albums. Evan, you're going to hate me, but I agree with Nathan. I think the middle of, of Straight Outta Linwood's a little, like, virus alert. I kind of like virus alert. Yeah. I don't even know what it's, it's a style parody. It's fine. Weasel Stomping Day I'll is just this, yeah. Is that... I mean, listen, I mean, as a Rage Against the Machine riff, it's fine. I don't love it. I don't think it's actually a comedy type thing. But here's the other thing, though, and we're into this podcast, and we've been talking about a lot of weird albums and what they do. I think, listen, I'm willing to maybe give some ground straight out of Linwood because you guys are making good points. But at the same time, we're all kind of in that vein dancing around the subject at hand. We're all in agreement that Bad Hair Day is the best Weird Al album, right? No. What? No. Oh! Yeah. Oh! 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 Oh, what? Nathan, I thought we were going to be friends. What? I thought there was a friendship that was blooming here. These are literally uh, my top two records. Like, they, they're like, I definitely have Running With Scissors above, but they both are, like, the top two. They're ahead of everything else, I think. 
Oh, what, what's that Nathan just cut out of the podcast? I can't believe that happened. <laughs> now that that even him, transcribed? So he says Bad Hair Day is the best right. album. Okay, so here's the thing. All right, so here's the thing. Straight out Linwood, you know, listen, I might be willing to go ahead and throw that in number three. Can we, I mean, do that? You, I think you two outvoted me on that anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, you know, that's fine. That's not, that's, not, that's not a big thing. I guess I'm just surprised Running With Sisters over here because, listen, again, we talked about Running With Sisters a little bit. You does not fucks with bad hair day. You do not fucks with bad hair day. Uh, at, at fucking all. But go ahead. No, please. Uh, JC, what do you have to say about bad hair? I have my whole rant I'm about to go on, but I'm not going to do it. Actually, you know what? First of all, let's, start, let's work our way back up. Let's hear what a uh, little smart boy over here has to say about uh, why bad hair day is the worst weird album. Uh, no. no. <laughs> Words are being put into my mouth. Just blasphemy. <laughs> Um, fake news, alternative facts, all, all, all weird facts. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Bad Hair Day for me is the for me is the second best weird al- weird album. Uh, it is amazing, uh, and it's another one like I don't know. Amish Paradise obviously is just one of his like classic singles. I think the polka on it is fantastic. Everything you know is wrong is one of those another like not even stupid just absurd moments like sheer off the clear cliff insanity. But uh, it, and I think I remember Larry is fantastic just because the ending of it is so dark and insane. Um, same thing with the night Santa went crazy. I think that's fantastic. But running with scissors makes me laugh more. So you know that that's like right, at the end so, of the day that's what what I I hold my comedy album. Do, do you want do you want to rip them apart? Or do you want me to? <laughs> I'll go first. Um, <laughs> all right, cool, great. This is great, guys. I'm I, so excited. I, first of all, I'm, I must say that Bad Hair Day was actually the first CD I ever owned. Ooh, Shit, son. Cool. So I was afraid going into this that I was going to be biased, just because. I mean, it, it's I, I, it holds, it holds such a special place in my heart. Right. But upon listening to it again, I can say unequiv- unequivocally, without doubt, that it's a perfect album. I for I I think every single song either musically or content wise works. You don't agree with that? I I wouldn't call it perfect. Oh, I, only I because Syndicated oh, Incorporated is Oh, sin- fine. L- listen, Syndicated If you're going to rip off Soul Asylum, Syndicated Incorporated <laughs> is probably the weakest of the parodies, but I just think it was too okay, big of an opportunity the, okay, to pass up. But here's up. the thing, Nathan. I would say and, and listen, I, 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 it's going to be so hard for me not to sound like an asshole when I say this, so my apologies outright in front. But here's the thing. Yes. Uh, I would say that you talk about how Running With Sisters makes you the laugh most, and I get that, because it's a lot of good comedy songs and makes some of the songs of the era. JC brought up the amazing point when he was talking about Off the Deep End, which Alpalooza just completely negated and neglected altogether. Uh, Off the Deep End with that uh, Nirvana parody started riffing on, uh, riffing on grunge, and grunge. that was a very self-serious genre. But alternative music alternative rock as it became known and he has more rock songs outright more self-imposed bloated self-seriousness altogether that is the entirety of bad hair day that is almost like i mean you talk about even fucking u2 with their uh you know thrill me hold me kiss me kill me yeah uh with the cavity search a song about going to the dentist uh again that is again a complete inversion of that and he takes all the tropes of an era that was obsessed with itself and obsessed with its own angst and angst especially as an emotion kind of this angry due to whatever reason, due to your own privilege or entitlement or situation, or I'm in a fucking suburb, man, or whatever, ripping that apart, pulling that down, 
that is ripe for comedy. There is so fucking much there. And like, listen, everything you know is wrong. That is a They Might Be Giants style parody that is better than any They Might Be Giants song, arguably. Arguably. I Commenters, I know you're going to hate me for that, so fuck off anyway. Uh, but yeah, like, that, and even you can even argue about the goofy silliness of phony calls based off of TLC's waterfalls, whatever. I think it's brilliant. I love that song. I love that, and that Simpsons bit is All amazing. the parodies are spot on. Yeah. Spot on! The parodies spot are fucking amazing. On. Right, but here's the thing. The parodies are amazing, but the originals hold the fuck up. Since You've Been Gone, his acapella number. Yes. Uh, you know, when you think about the times of uh, when there was, you know, watching, you know, growing up watching Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego and being exposed to acapella on TV <laughs> and for him to do a riff of that was fantastic. Uh, you know, Colin you, and Sick, which you mentioned Yeah, earlier. Colin and Sick, just compositionally, if you th- gave that to a band to do a straight face cover of, they would probably have had a hit at the time with it. But it is just such a succinct brooding little parody of what it was to be like in kind of the Soundgarden single soundtrack nation at the time which is why the alternative polka ripping off of uh, Soundgarden and Alanis Morissette and just all and fucking Beck and you know like everything else like that oh my god that was where it was at that was fantastic so even more I would say arguably even more uh, then uh, Running With Sisters, which is a comedy album, kind of touching on a bunch of different things. Bad Hair Day very much is a commentary on an era and on a style. And while some of the songs may not be as ha-ha-ha, laugh-out-loud funny, it has fewer weaker spots, and the comedy itself comes from the dismantling of what that era was. Bad Hair Day is a much smarter album than Running With Scissors. But again, Running With Scissors makes me laugh more. So that's my end of it. And again, my two favorite Weird Al songs are on Running With Scissors. So that's where I'm coming from. But again, they're both amazing records. Right, exactly. Yeah. Why, why do we have to keep fighting to be right? Oh, that's right. Because John Shakota, he's always right. <laughs> or uh, that, that's the thing I keep forgetting I, about. What is the... I, I just think none of his other records flow as nicely that's as the other thing day. too like that I would say that because I again like truck driving song our front with scissors fine whatever it's just kind of this it random a, it has a nice twist it's a nice twist it's also kind of just this random you know outlier on there's a lot more diversity technically on running with scissors but I think that's what gives bad hair day its ultimate strength is the fact that it is a consistent through line it just goes straight down the line it, it hits its targets and it hits them damn well mm-hmm. uh that's that's every, every time i hear the accordion solo in syndicated incorporated of you know a tear comes to my eye so yeah. <laughs> a single manly tear rolls down his right cheek. Yeah. oh to be young yeah exactly so uh listen we've had a really good debate about it i think are you ready to lock it in absolutely i think are we gonna join hands and forces all right guys in that case <laughs> I really, I felt like we blazed through it so quickly, but I feel like it is in great, wonderful style. The Chartographers just did Weird Al. Here's how it shook out. Number 14, and rightfully so, Poodle Hat. Number 13, Polka Party. Number 12, Alapalooza. Number 11, UHF. Number 10, Alpocalypse. Number 9, kind of surprising me a little bit, Dare to be Stupid. Number 8, Off the Deep End. Number 7, In 3D. Number 6, Mandatory Fun. Number 5, The Self-Title. Number 4, Even Worse. Number 3, Straight Outta Linwood. Number 2, Running With Scissors. And the number 1 Weird Al Yankovic album, Bad Hair Day, motherfuckers. Get in a clown car and leave the room. That's what's going on right now. Oh my god, guys, we actually did it. We did it in, well, not exactly an hour, but, you know, something close to it. We This is like a good, you know, 70, 80 minute movie. This is something that you throw on, you know, show on Skinamax late at night, except about Weird Al. Hour and 14 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're getting 14 there. 14 albums. Yeah, well... You, 
What? Shut up. I don't even know what's going on. I'm going to cut that. So, hey, listen. I will say, though, uh, guys, we did it. But as you know, I felt like cramming 14 albums into this period of time. We were able to talk about a lot of different things, but there was so much more to talk about. That is why we have a happy hour mini-sode. That's why we built it into these things, and that's coming up right after this. So in the meantime, we're going to get a little bit more prepared for a happy hour mini-sode. If you don't know what that means, that means we're going to be smoking chicken livers. Uh, and uh, we're in order to get ready for that. In the meantime, I Making first want to say... Nate, thank you so much, uh, Nathan <laughs> Stevens, for being here. It has been a great pleasure to have you. Uh, exactly, John Shakota, as always, just delightful. I'm gonna be for the record in the Happy Hour Radio. So I'm gonna grab that series of notes that you have, and I'm just gonna start going through. You had cue cards oh, no, no. the entire time. No, you're not. Yes, I am. It's right over here. Uh, I'm Evan Saudi, of course. So please do us a favor. Hey, leave your fucking notes in the comments on our Facebook, on our SoundCloud. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Favorite us on Stitcher. Add us to whatever the fucking other podcast network we're on right now. I don't even know. Uh, but seriously, thank you so much for listening. Happy hour mini so right after that. Leave your thoughts. Keep on listening. You know that we'll be. Bye. Bye.